0: That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Um, I just I want to tell you, I miss you. I took a week off last week. Um, I had not taken a week off of recording in an entire year. And I just got to the point where I said, "Okay, it's time. I need a little break. Um, And I did it. And I was so like I was so excited to actually record today. It felt weird because this has kind of become like a huge part of my life. So I, I was kind of felt kind of weird all last week, not having a guest to talk to and not having a recording. But what I do want to tell you is um, I want to talk to you about Halloween and I know I'm behind. It's almost Thanksgiving by the time you hear this, but I need to tell you that my 11 year old who is pretty much so much like me dressed up as Ted Lasso and she's a girl And all the other girls in the Halloween parade were like Care Bears and fairies. And she was like, Mom, Dad, I want to be Ted Lasso. And we were like, "Okay, go for it. And I just that made me love her even more because it brought me back to a time that I was invited to a Halloween party of, you know, when I had young babies. My 11 year old was probably like three at the time. And we went to this house and they invited my husband and I and and Sophie, my who's now 11. And I walk in and Ron, my husband, dressed as um, Derek Zoolander and I dressed up as Mugatu. (laughs) So if you've seen the movie Zoolander, I was the man. Um, And I walk into this party and it's all moms and they're dressed up as like sexy kitten, Um, like 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 cheerleader, aerobics dancer, like they were all like, like, you know, like the cute costume. I walk in as this weird man with this wig looking like Eddie Munster. You know, his his outfit is so funny if you've seen Zoolander. So I walk in. Nobody knew what I was, which makes me feel even older, because how could you have not seen Zoolander? It's the funniest movie ever. And I just realized at that exact moment, I'm always going to be different. And, um, and I, I found that my 11 year old is just like me. And I hope that she survives this crazy world. Hi everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house and If you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store. I am lucky enough to have Erin Walker on my podcast. Erin has been kind enough to come on and talk about her own life and, um, some of the fun things that we as women get to go through in um, in our as we age. And that includes perimenopause, menopause, all the things that I really did not understand until pretty recently being in my 40s. Um, I found myself like several months ago. I'm going through all kinds of hormonal changes right now and we'll kind of get into that. But this Friday. I think I touched on this with my audience. I they found this giant fibroid with polyps um in my body. I had a I had oh, no. a um ultrasound. Yeah. And so I have had to I'm not kidding, they found this in September and I have not been able to get it removed because I'm still having issues with bleedings, but I wanted to do this podcast because I think it's I need for women to be educated and understand what our bodies go through. And I know that I didn't even know. I'm not kidding either. I feel really stupid. I didn't know what perimenopause was. And um, so now that I'm getting, hopefully on Friday, I'm getting this fibroid, which I'm hoping will make me lose an automatic five to seven pounds because it's the size of a small child. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm I I really I th- it's a very fitting time for you to come on and talk about what you've gone through in your own life. So thank you, Aaron, for coming on.
2: It is my absolute pleasure. I couldn't be more excited to be here. I get excited to talk about um, our beautifully made bodies as women, and what you said is so true. It's actually why I do what I do. We are not educated about how these bodies of ours work. Um, and then as we get older and we naturally start to age and things don't start working right, uh, we, we just looking for uh, some sort of direction for what to do to help ourselves. And it can be a challenge trying to find that path.
0: Well, I think too, that, um, as women, you know, we go through, uh, you know, child if we have children, we understand like, oh, this is what you have to do to get pregnant. And then you have a regular period and you're, if you're lucky enough and, You know, and then you just every 28 days you have a period and then but then it's kind of like but then we don't know what happens after the time where we stop getting a period or a period changes and we're in our 40s. It's almost like we're as women just like ignored as we already are in so many ways just the aging process in general like you know you're so important and held to a certain regard when you're young and beautiful and you know fit and you haven't had a baby in a muffin top yet but then the minute that you kind of like finish that aging process of like you know, being a young mom and
2: all this stuff. And then you're just kind of like thrown out into a field, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's, um, this was something that I researched a little bit as well in my like journey towards becoming an expert in women's uh, perimenopause and menopause and hormonal health. And it was, it's really fascinating when you look at the history of women and our role in society. And a lot of it is connected to what you just mentioned, right? Like a lot of our um, the historical expectation for why we are here is to bear children, to give birth, and so there's a lot of knowledge that we're taught um, innately as a part of growing up about periods and how to have babies and um, how to take care of children. But there's been less shared with us about how we age, how we do so gracefully, how we still can thrive, um, and how we sail through perimenopause, and menopause, um, because you know in a more male dominant society. Right, the role of what we, the role, the function that we play in life later in life, separate from giving birth and raising children, has really just been marginalized. And so a lot of the female movement of the late 20th and 21st century is really about um, not just general women's empowerment, right? But seeing that as we age as women, that it really getting older is really a time of rebirth in many ways. Um, where you kind of can redefine your life and you have um, so much more opportunities and uh, for um, just exploring life and settling into your body than has previously been accepted.
0: Which I love. And that's part of why I think we, I mean, we need to educate each other as women, you know, we need to empower each other. I think recently, or the other day I read this article or I saw something about Sarah Jessica Parker, from um the show sex in the city and they had they were there was some somebody saying oh my gosh her hair is gray she looks she has all these wrinkles she looks horrible and then I looked at the pictures and she's like in vogue with her gray hair she looks gorgeous by the way and she does have wrinkles and lines and that's okay too I mean I've talked about this in on previous episodes Uh, we, as women, I choose to age a certain way that might be different than the way Aaron, you choose to age. I, I admit that I get Botox and I've done stuff. I get my hair highlighted every four weeks. I'm fighting going to Chico's. I'm kicking and screaming before I have to start wearing the Chico's traveler collection or J. Jill. I'm just not letting or St. John. I'm just not letting it happen for myself until I really need to go there. But I just, I I love, I could talk about this all day, but I really want to get your story and why and how you got into this field. Um, and can you tell me your exact title and what you do?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm a certified holistic health coach. Um, And my specialty and most of my training specifically is in functional women's hormonal wellness and nutrition. Um, And I'm also a a certified bioenergetics practitioner. So I'm able to use um, traditional Chinese medicine principles and some computer-aided technologies to help identify where you have energetic imbalances in the body and get to the root of our health issues. I am all about root cause approach to health and wellness. And my primary mission is to help women mostly in our thirties to mid fifties ish who struggle with hormonal imbalance symptoms like brain fog, hard time losing weight, digestive issues, hot flashes, um, just to name a few. And I show them how to do this without drugs or cookie cutter solutions.
0: Oh my God. I love you. And also you don't sound very smart at all. I'm like, I don't even know what you just said, but it's very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I want to hear about, because I read your bio, is how you got into this field. And I find it fascinating and so interesting that you kept having, like, doors shut in your face. And you're like, this isn't normal. I am not experiencing. And in your 30s, so I don't think most women realize that most of the time I'm learning perimenopause starts at the age of 40, but it can start in your 30s. Is that correct? That is absolutely
2: correct. And the challenge with that is you might be like me and go to the doctor when you're 37, 38, and you feel like crap. And no yeah. one is even considering the fact that you could have been pushed into early perimenopause uh, for you know a variety of reasons, and you might be actually in perimenopause. Um, explain Erin, what perimenopause is for yeah. my audience. So it's really kind of like the word says peri means before or around. And so it is the period of time that can be anywhere from two to four years, all the way up to 12 years before you actually start menopause. So the average woman may start menopause, uh, late forties, 50, 51. Um, but again, if that perimenopause period can span up to 12 ish years, that means you could be in your late thirties and begin to notice changes. Um, in your body that could be connected with perimenopause. So it's literally that, thats period before you actually begin to miss uh, periods to be considered in menopause. Um, And it's almost like a reverse puberty is the way I like to describe it, right? So you have uh, hormone fluctuations that begin to start and it's almost like every year something else, something else, something else seems to go wrong um, or it's just operating differently. Often you may feel um, a little bit more sluggish. Your periods might start to be a little heavier. I mean, that may be the only symptom. Or you may start to have PMS symptoms when you didn't really have them before. You might be more prone to constipation, bloating. You may start to slowly have sleep issues. Wake up in the middle of the night. Hello, 1 a.m. Can't go back to sleep until (laughs) 5. Right? Also, (laughs) let's
0: talk about the beloved weight gain where you're like, "Um, I starved all day. Um, yes, I had buttery Chardonnay. My audience knows I love buttery Chardonnay. Um, yes, I did drink, but I pretty much eat healthy and ate, didn't really eat a lot all day. What is, why have I gained weight during COVID? Thank you very much. And why can't I lose it? I know now because I'm for the surgery, I I've, I've been put on progesterone of all things, which thank you very much makes it impossible, even more impossible to lose weight because they're trying to thin the layer of my uterus. So I can't, they can get the fibroid out, but explain that fun fact of weight gain. Why? Yes.
2: Yeah. you just said so much right there in yeah. everything you said, like high estrogen, low progesterone, why you can't lose weight. Like all those are factors here that we could just talk about in some way, shape or form. But, um, so the weight gain As you get closer Mm -hmm. to 40 and especially into the mid-40s and you're going through this hormonal transition, you might be more prone to gaining weight, especially around the belly, hip, butt, thigh area. And when you try to lose it, it's harder. So generally what is often happening is um, estrogen is going up and down, up and down. It will eventually start to subtly decline, but you're yo-yoing. So sometimes you're what's called estrogen dominant, where you have more estrogen than you ideally need, and sometimes you don't have enough. And then progesterone, is a factor. Your progesterone is steadily declining. Progesterone is what makes you feel woozy and zen uh, and sleep well and have uh, level moods. Then the third factor here in the weight loss I- issue is cortisol, your stress hormone. So this is the hormone that gets pumped out when you have any sort of stress. Normally you're supposed to just have a burst of cortisol to help you run down the street from that bear in caveman days and then it recedes and you're fine. But in our standard American lifestyle, especially if you're a mom, a wife, you work, you juggle all the things, we're pretty much always under stress and we're constantly inundated with stress hormones to keep us alive. So when it comes to weight gain and perimenopause and menopause, the fluctuations in estrogen and how that dovetails with cortisol levels and progesterone levels is really the biggest key to why you're having a hard time losing weight or you're more prone to losing weight. As cortisol stress hormone goes up, Uh, we see that our blood sugar also goes up. As your blood sugar insulin level goes up, insulin is a hormone, estrogen tends to also rise. Um, And so those are fat storage hormones. Estrogen is a fat storage hormone. Insulin is a fat storage hormone. Cortisol is a fat storage hormone. Um, And so the natural shifts and changes in the body honestly just makes you more susceptible uh, to um, fluctuations and increases in these hormones. And there are things that just encourage the storage of fat in the body. And then the clicker is you've got this beautiful organ in the middle called your liver. And your liver does a ton of great things for you. It keeps you alive. And it's like the body's garbage disposal. We all know that generally. But when you're going through menopause and perimenopause, if your liver is overloaded, because you got so much stress hormone floating around. It can't keep up with purging it and detoxing it. You've got so much insulin floating around because we're not eating great and stress is making our blood sugar go up. It's trying to keep up and get it out of the body. You've got too much estrogen floating around, right? And it's trying to keep up. It's trying to get all this out. And it's like, listen, I cannot, right? <laughs> it's basically what happened. Also,
0: you left out like my liver is also in having buttery Chardonnay go into it. Yes. So that probably doesn't yes. help. I yes. know. Everyone says stop drinking wine, but it's like my one thing.
2: Well, everything in moderation, right? I live by the yeah. ninety ten rule because if you feel like you're overly deprived and you can't enjoy life in your 40s yeah. and 50s, that's not going to work either. Um, so, you know, there are ways to get around the imbalance. But I think generally the big picture is your liver is a really big key to weight loss. What you call weight loss resistance, really, um, at this stage, uh-huh. along with managing stress. Eating um, and operating in a way that keeps your blood sugar levels as balanced as possible. You have to take a multi-pronged approach because when you get to your 40s, your body is essentially saying to you, listen, we did this your way for 40 something years. I'm going to do it my way now. And I can no longer tolerate just eating and drinking anything and like going overextending ourselves. I need a little bit more self-care. Yeah. I I mean, I
0: love everything you're saying and it all makes sense. A hundred percent. Um, but what I want to backpedal a little bit, because I kind of went like over this is your kind of background on how you, how you got, how you ended up. Cause I know you were trying to figure out what is wrong with me. I'm having brain fog. I mean, that's the other thing really quickly that I want to say before you tell this part, everybody, you could be in perimenopause, which you might be in your late thirties and you might just have one symptom, right? It could just be the weight gain. Yep. Um, so let tell your story. And then I want to talk about like the rest of like, kind of go more into each point. So how did you end up in, in the shoes that you're in today?
2: Yeah. So I think my journey started that I was aware of about five years ago, but I've learned that I had hormonal imbalances probably since I started my periods at 11. Um, honestly, but you know, I was in my late thirties. I had just had my last kid, maybe three years prior Um, and you know, my mom, a wife have always had big jobs, lots of travel, stress, you know, all the things I got four boys. Um, and I, you know, was in that constant tug of war of all the things and self-care just took a back burner. And so I went through a particularly stressful time at work. Um, and I don't deal with stress. Well, I'm a stress internalizer. Um, and What started happening is um, I had migraines. Girl, I never even had a migraine before. I had a nurse friend of mine. He was like, you should go to the emergency room to make sure you don't have an aneurysm. And I did. And they were like, no, you're just having a migraine, right? Um, (laughs) Migraines almost daily. Mood swings. My poor husband. Girl, he made (laughs) it through. Um and he has learned a lot about perimenopause himself in order for us to be a team and get
1: through this together.
0: <laughs> By the way, I'm not trying to talk over you, but if my audience could see you, you look you could pass for I would say late twenties, thirty. Oh, you look you. super young. I no, I'm being the, serious. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm be I'm being honest.
2: Like you're gorge. I but appreciate go on. That. Oh I should put you in my pocket and take you with me. I'm 42 years old. <laughs> um And uh, anxiety attacks, like, again, had never had those before. And it's this weird feeling where it literally feels like something takes hold of you and will not let go. Um, And it would often happen randomly throughout the day, but especially at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. My pro-husband would be rubbing my feet, rubbing my shoulders, trying to do anything to just get it to release. Um, I couldn't get my brain to turn off. Brain fog uh, waking up in the middle of the night with insomnia, like clockwork, wake up every night at one wide awake, as tired as I am looking around in the dark by myself and couldn't go lull myself back to sleep until maybe four thirty-five o'clock and then have to wake up an hour and a half later. Um, that then creates brain fall because I'm exhausted um, and the body is not getting the rest and sleep that it needs. I couldn't think straight girl, fatigue, bloating, you name it. And then my period started to get heavier. But my period symptoms were actually the minor part for me, right? It was affecting my daily functioning because I felt bad all the time. Um, so I went to my primary care doctor, told her what was going on with me. She basically was like, eh, well, you need to reduce some stress. Yes. And here's a tranquilizer and here's sleeping pills and have a nice day. Oh, God. Um, yeah. yeah. And I knew that there had to be something more to that. Uh, so then it's a I went to my gynecologist. It's a band That's all it is.
0: It's like when they put you on these um, sleeping pills and stuff. It's oh, it's just a band-aid.
2: Yes, it really is. Yeah. Really is. yeah. Um, and again, it's like you know you know they do the best they can, right? Like a lot of yeah. physicians are not deeply trained in women's hormonal health in particular, and they're really busy. Um, so I do have to give them credit there, but when you need like somebody to really help you understand the root of what's got happening with you, you need somebody who can talk to you with, you know, like, give you some answers. Um, went to my gynecologist, told him what was going on. Uh, he did not think I was in perimenopause and I had been doing a little research and I was like, I wonder if I am. Uh, and he said, no, I don't think so. But to placate me, he did run a well women's hormonal panel. Um, and the results of that showed that my testosterone was borderline low. Um, my progesterone at that time was fairly normal, but it was really, my testosterone was pretty much tanking. And uh, like 30 days later I had to run again and it was, it had uh, reduced by another five points. It was almost zero. Um, and so after seeing two more naturopaths, uh, and getting to a third naturopathic doctor who really understood how the body works use meridian stress assessment to help me figure out like where I had imbalances and kind of communicate with my body. Uh, He was like, yeah, your testosterone levels are plummeting, but it's really stress induced. You are stress induced early perimenopause. This, whatever you're going through at work is more than your body can handle, but it's years of constantly overextending yourself and not dealing with stress well. And the body is not designed to deal with that. So you've basically burnt yourself out and your adrenal glands are trying to survive, right? That's those organs that release those stress hormones I talked about before. And you've been like cracking the whip on them for so many years where they just like gave out. They're like, listen, sorry, can't do nothing else for you. Don't have anything else to give. Um, And the result of that is your adrenal glands also produce testosterone. And we don't need a lot of testosterone, but you need just enough to make you feel normal, um and yours is pretty much tanked and so your cortisol levels are really low at this point um and that's them pulling on the rest of your hormones like you know erratic estrogen progesterone and it just messes up the whole hormonal system and that is why you feel like you feel and he, he was able to do some simple things that didn't require prescriptions to help me start feeling like 60 percent normal within a couple of weeks and that experience While only the first step to what became a two-year journey to like really healing my body inside and out, it was game changing for me because it was so frustrating. This was probably about a six-month period from when I tried to start like pinpointing what was going on with me to getting some real answers. I was outraged that I'd gone to so many people that I trusted with my health. I didn't know enough myself to help myself and was just desperate for some answers and couldn't get them. Um, that I was trying to communicate and what I was saying was being dismissed simply because of my age. Um, And that I had not been empowered to help myself. Um, And so that is what made me, I have a bachelor's degree in in health education, so I went back to school, uh, got a certification in functional health uh, coaching, um, continued on to get additional certifications in women's um, hormonal health and bioenergetics. Really, it started as a quest to help myself, right? And then I learned that there were so many other women who would go through this, like so many, um, that I then built a practice where I only work with women on suffering from hormonal issues, primarily in the phase of life that you and I are in.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I'm obsessed with you and you might have a stalker in me after this podcast is over. Cause I'm going to be like, Aaron, I, what does this mean? <laughs> I would love it. Oh. All of the things that you say are, okay, so the the waking up at one o'clock in the morning and staring at the ceiling, which I do until Mm -hmm. about Mm three, and then you feel horrible the next day, and then you keep going. And then I will add, like you, I was in corporate America for a very long time, and I got out during COVID. I was having such severe panic attacks that I could not like I couldn't function, I couldn't function. And they would be in the middle of the night and I would wake up and think I was dying. And so I kind of think not, all, I was dealing with like major trauma issues and lots of stuff from my childhood. But I think that like what you said is I was able to combat that stuff for so long. Right. I would be like, so stressed out at work. I was in a very high stress environment and sales And I was constantly 24 hours a day, like working, doing something, answering phone calls. I worked from home, but I was in the field with clients and it was just very, very high stress. And then I think that it makes total sense that a certain point it, the hormones kick in and, and you don't, you're like, well, nobody told me this. Like, I'm not that like for me, my mom didn't go through menopause until she was like in her mid fifties, late fifties. But I didn't know that there was such a thing to before you go into menopause called perimenopause. I just thought like you grow a beard in your 50s, you start shopping <laughs> at Chico's and um, and you like have like a curly, short, like really yep. short, like spiked hairdo. That's what I thought. And you sweat. That's what I thought like menopause was. <laughs> but then you don't realize that there's things that you can do to prevent all of these So what, what I really am saying, what are some of the things, if my, you, my listeners are listening and they are in the very beginnings, whether they're in their late thirties, early forties, and they're starting perimenopause and they're having these symptoms, do you say run out, go see a menopause specialist and go on hormones? Or do you say this all stems from diet? I mean, everybody's different. So what's your opinion on that?
2: Well, I think what you last said is important, like the idea of bioindividuality, right? Everyone's body is different. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. And it really is important that even if you were to work with someone like me, right, who takes a more natural, whole-body approach to wellness, you still need, like, uh, I recommend having a medical doctor as a part of your support team. That's just always a good idea, right? Take a multi-pronged approach. But my philosophy is that hormone replacement therapy really should be a last um, resort, I have testosterone supplements still in my dresser drawer. That was what I was given when I was told my testosterone plummeted. And I just had a spidey sense deep in me that was like, if I have to take this, I will. But there has to be, I just need to like explore if this is really the only way to help me feel more normal. I was so desperate. I did feel it. And I still have it as a reminder. Right. Um, But the thing about hormone replacement therapy is that um, sometimes if it's not like well managed, um, introducing for external hormones from a different source other than your body can then throw other things off kilter. Cause your hormone system is like a domino table. And when one gets tipped over, it goes tip, 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 tip right with everything else. Um, and so you just want to make sure that you truly need it. Um, mm. and so my first line of defense is one, I always start with diagnostic labs. right? You just got to know what's going on. You don't ever try to like Supporting the body you don't really know what's going on. Symptoms usually tell you a lot, but you can have the same symptom, but it could be attributed to different causes. Like brain fog can be cortisol, stress, but it can also be progesterone um, as well, for example. So you want to make sure you really know what's going on inside someone's body um, and then help them understand how the body works and what the story is of where they are right now. Uh, And then from there, there are some simple things that you can do uh, with uh, diet, using food as medicine. Stress management is critical, like critical, non-negotiable. Learning how to bring down the stress hormone, deal with stressors on a uh, a little bit better, because that's life, right? And sleep hygiene um, are really the three biggest areas. And then the fourth one um, that I add in is gut health, because a lot of like hormone imbalance really does start like years earlier uh, with compromising compromises in our digestive system and leaky gut and candida and all that stuff when you don't even realize it's there.
0: Do you, do you suggest like, um, a probiotic? Do you, do you take, do you like, what route would you go with gut health?
2: Yeah. So with gut health, the key top things that I see most frequently is most everybody has leaky gut. The more severe it is, then the more severe you usually see a person's hormonal symptoms are even bleeding into autoimmunity. Um, and uh, sometimes it is driven by just once we get over 35, 40, our pancreas produces less uh, digestive enzymes and our food isn't broken down as well. And it just needs some help. So you might need to take a digestive enzyme when you eat and help your body out. Sometimes it is the microbiome just being imbalanced, right? The, the ratio of good bacteria versus bad bacteria is off and you got a little more bad critters and good critters and a probiotic can help with that. Even with, and sometimes it's that simple to just start somebody off there. Help to make sure the food is properly digested. If it's not broken down and digested properly, you can't even get the goodness from it that your body needs to function. Right? You can't get the B vitamins and the C vitamins and the D vitamins. Um, and then if your probiotics and microbiomes and stuff is off, then they really have been scientifically proven to be like gatekeepers of what goes in and out of the bloodstream from the small intestine. So that's how the nutrients, the goodness, get into the body to be used and support the glands that make hormones. They need those nutrients. So when that's off, you have malabsorption issues, um, sometimes lots of food sensitivities um, that result in leaky gut and all sorts of things. Um, But when you have more other things going on, like I've already got candida, right? I may have a little parasite. I've got autoimmunity or inflammation. You're going to need more than a probiotic and a digestive enzyme.
0: Okay. Another question I have is, so let me just tell you, I, when I started to realize that the perimenopause was a thing and I was like, oh, maybe I should go to a menopause specialist now. So I went to a menopause specialist, um, and she put, I'm scared to tell you this cause I'm scared you're going to get mad at me. Um, she put me, <laughs> she put me on a patch, an estrogen patch. Okay. okay. And, and my, one of my friends was like, but she didn't even check your blood. Like she didn't do a blood panel, nothing. But then she was telling me like this woman, no, like supposedly has been in business for years and years. She's 82. She's completely with it. So first she puts you on the patch. Then she puts you on, I think, progesterone with the patch. And then I can't test Maybe it's I don't remember what it is. I had to stop, though, because that's when they found my uh giant fibroid. And I had only been on that patch for like two weeks. And, um, and my gynecologist who delivered both my babies shout out, Dr. Suriel. I love you. Be careful with my body on Friday. Um, she was like, Megan, get off of that. Like, I yes. need to put you on this. Yeah. And and also like, I don't even really, I think I'm in the beginning stages, like, or I really am in perimenopause. But what happened was that completely messed with my body. And then I got put on this progesterone to thin, so uh, then my started like all the weight gain, all this stuff. And it's just, I've been like a hot mess since September. And, um, and I was like, wait a second, like, I need to like slow this down and maybe go like the natural, the natural way first. And then, like you said, last resort on yeah. hormones, yeah. um, so I just had to throw that out there. I'm very honest with my audience. Um, This is a, v- I love talking about this. I love talking to you. I think we're just like, we're in such a period of life. Like we all want to look our best still. It's yeah. not like, I mean, yeah. I, like I was joking with a friend <laughs> the other night that was having a birthday and she's one of my really close friends. And I said, did you know that on the golden girls um, that, Blanche was 47 when she was cast on that show. Did you ever watch The Golden Girls? I
2: love The Golden Girls. I didn't <laughs> realize she you was 47. Being a friend. <laughs> yes, my mom and I did um, watch it all the time.
0: Yeah, but all of those women were like in their late 40s and like fifth late 50s. I think Estelle, like the grandma, the grandma was like 70. So my point is, it's so different now. Like our physical appearances. You know, I think of my grandma when I was a kid, I was like, I look back, I'm like, wait, grandma was only like 50. And, you know, they had like the net and the perm and all that stuff. And so you kind of go, we're aging different as a culture. And women want to be empowered enough to look young for as long as we can and be educated on how to do that without just throwing in the towel and having a body like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. Right. So. I think it's so important that we, we talk to each other about this. Another subject I'm really passionate about is fertility, infertility loss. I had a fertility specialist on we, as a culture and women, when somebody has a, um, a loss or a miscarriage, we don't talk to each other about it. It's like, you might talk to a close friend and cry for a week and then it's done, but we just, everything's so like. I don't know. It all stems back from to men, right? <laughs> I don't know. They're You're such jerks. Yes. They've so t- totally done a number on us. And if any of my gay listeners are listening, I'm not talking about you. You don't count. Go on.
2: No, but it is really about <laughs> uh, like functioning in a male dominant society, right? That yeah. really doesn't understand the plight that our experience as women. I too have experienced a miscarriage unexpectedly uh, later in my years um, and, uh, I've actually shared some thoughts on my blog and so forth about what that experience is like and explored exactly what you just said, how historically it was something to be ashamed of because women's identity, as we talked about earlier, is largely connected to childbearing. Um, and just even what that loss feels like, right? And it's something that we are like conditioned to not talk about. Like it's a hush hush thing. It's not something to build community around, which is not okay. Cause it's a significant trauma. Um, and that can then create other symptoms, because from a Chinese medicine perspective, emotions and unresolved trauma um, express themselves through symptoms. So all these symptoms that we feel are really just an expression of unresolved emotional traumas. And when we're adding on to it, right, that then just perpetuates the health issues. But something you said a minute ago, where you were just sharing like, your journey about the choices that you made, like, you know, listen, you, you know, how many women probably have done the same thing we were doing the best we can trying to feel normal right um and we don't all we're not educated from the time we start our periods and you start going to a gynecologist nobody sits you down and says this is what your menstrual cycle is like here's what happens in the menstrual cycle when we you know start after we have babies our gynecologists often and they mean well but sometimes again they're not always either they don't have the time or they're not always like given the same expertise in medical school but No one sits down and talks to you and says, when you get to your 40s, you're probably going to experience these things. Here's why. And here's some things that you can do, look out for to support yourself, right? And so I just think it's so important that first wellness and supporting ourselves start with education. We've got to understand what's going on in the body and why. So then, you know, we all have the capacity to learn. Then you can like listen and decipher your body's symptoms. Brain fog, waking up in the middle of the night anxiety, heavy periods. Those are ways of your body communicating with you. It's trying to tell you something. Right. And we have, what about, what about loss?
0: Sorry to talk over you. What about, um, like going up the stairs and finding it hard to breathe? I heard that that's something too. Is that accurate?
2: Yes, it could be. It could be a variety of things. Um, it,
0: like I work out all the time and, um, and, I mean, I have to, it's part, it helps my, my head as well, but I find when I go up like a flight of stairs, I'm like out of breath, like bringing the groceries up from my car. And I'm like, that's so strange because when I worked out, I felt fine. And then when I talked to that hormonal specialist, she said, that's, that could be a symptom of perimenopause.
2: Potentially. Yes. I was going to ask you, are okay. you feeling that when you exercise as well, then I'm like, what kind of exercise are you doing? But if you're only feeling it as you're like ascending stairs, for example, yeah, could it potentially yeah. be maybe a, a deep rooted thyroid thing that sometimes kind of like is connected to the hearts and kidneys in a back and way? Maybe. Right. That could be arbitrary. Yeah. It's, it would be hard to know. I haven't seen that a lot in the women I've worked with, with perimenopause. Most of the time uh, when people are having like breath issues, it often signals like more of a, a, a heart, um, like issue strain on the heart when you're like, working out, but you're saying that's not happening when you're working out. So yeah, not it's sure. not
0: it's not it doesn't happen when I work out, which is weird. Yeah, I don't maybe I don't I know. about that
2: one. I don't see that as much in my practice. Okay,
0: okay. Because the lady I taught the lady that gave me that patch said that that's something that she's noticed in people, but maybe so she might think- know something. I don't, okay. I don't know. I will say, but though, do you think that do you think the so the patch was a bad idea? You're saying, thankfully well, I got off of that.
2: I would say, I hate to say anybody, anything anybody does is like bad, right? When I don't have a whole story, but I will say, I do not recommend giving anybody hormone replacement therapy when you don't know what their hormones look like. That's not a great idea. Okay. Um, okay. Because you can like throw other things out of whack. Um, and that assumes that everyone with the, with certain symptoms have the same issue, right? When actually the, a same symptom can be have different root causes when it comes to the hormone system. They can mimic things, which, for example, is why under-functioning thyroid is one of the, one of the most mixed diagnosed things because the symptoms mimic so many other things. Um, mm-hmm. I would say if you have a fibroid and have been having heavy bleeding... Technically, science has not been able to pinpoint exactly what causes fibroids. But from a like functional medicine perspective, which is like functional means root cause, look at the body as a whole. Um, there are some strong there's some strong evidence that suggests fibroids, endometriosis, anything that's an overgrowth of the lining of the uterus can be con- correlated strongly to two uh, high estrogen levels called estrogen dominance, um, and that uh, women who have prolonged periods of uh, too much estrogen and the the liver just cannot keep up, that they increase the chances of like overgrowth of some of those uh, tissues. Um, and then you often see, you can have relative estrogen dominance where maybe the the number, the amount of estrogen is technically normal, but your progesterone levels are tanking as you head into perimenopause and you're stressed. And so you just don't have enough progesterone to balance it out because they kind of balance each other out and pull in opposite directions, right? So you can see depending on why you might have uh either a direct or relative increase in estrogen, the way you approach it would be different. You might need more progesterone, right? Or you might have fine progesterone levels and you just need something to bring down the estrogen. So again well, I'm
0: I you actually have a new client in me. I'm not kidding. I want to work with you. I'm super excited. Um but I, I find it I find the whole conversation so fascinating. And I wish I think you should write a book. Um, I I say that often because um, I mean, half of me is kidding, but half of me is serious. So, you know, when you're a kid, I grew up in a really Catholic house and we got a book that was um, how babies are made. <laughs> and it was like animals, like puppies, basically, like under the covers, you know, um, like they don't show them like actually having sex, but they're like sleeping in a yeah. bed together. And my mom's like, here you go. This is what sex is. And I was like, What? This is like a cartoon <laughs> book of like two animals in a bed, like talking to each other. I just think that there needs to be, and I'm sure there is, but just like like a book or something where people can just be like, Oh, like this is an easy, like, like an easy, yeah. like yeah. dumbed down. <laughs> Um, what is it? What are those books that we used to read
2: in college like when we didn't want it to- for dummies?
0: Yes. Yeah. So they need that. They need like a perimenopause one and people need to understand that it, that there's such a thing. And also another thing is, and I remember seeing somebody ha- like this was before I became a podcaster, somebody it's actually, it was a friend of mine. Who, who is the reason I, my friend Megan, the reason why I started my podcast and we, and we connected and she was doing an episode on perimenopause. And that's how I, like, I remember finding that out like two years ago and I was like, oh my God, she's going to talk about that? Like, that's crazy. You know, like, yeah. it's almost like we don't want like men to think that we're not like fertile and like beautiful anymore. And like, I mean, how many times have you heard like people on TV be like, you know, the real housewives or whatever it is, be like, but I still have my period. And they're all like in their fifties and sixties. And yeah. they're like, you don't have a period you're 62 Ramona. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know like what your take is on that. That was a long winded little story no, for you I mean,
2: there. I well, first of all, thank you. Um, I would love to write a book one day. Um, you should. And I feel like I'm still constantly learning, honestly, because our bodies are just so complex, but I think everything you said is absolutely right. And I think, but I think it's up to us, right. To educate ourselves and build our own confidence in our bodies to change that tenor. I remember being a teenager and being embarrassed that anyone would know I was on my period. Right. It was an embarrassing thing. It was something to be shameful of. Now I'm on social media doing lives, talking about heavy periods and bleedings and,
0: uh, you know, (laughs)
2: infections and right. But the thing is, is like it, We have to be comfortable in our own skin and know this is nature. We were made this way, right? And so it's got to be okay. And we have to embrace like what happens when we get older um, and fertility or not, periods or not, cramping, whatever that comes with this. And we have been silent far too long as women and not Mm -hmm. really exploring and creating a a collective of knowledge and wisdom about our experiences in life and normalizing, talking about these things so that we can share information and feel supported and not alone when we're going through these changes. And so you and I, girl, are gonna like make this shift. We're like a team, but you
0: also got a client in me because I just have so much going on in my body. And it's also like it's upsetting. like that's yes. how I feel. Yes. Um, I feel I feel like, this is I'm being real with people. I feel sad because I feel like I'm very vain. I talk about it often. I'm also the harder on myself than anybody could be yeah. on me. Yeah. So, I think a lot of us as women can relate to that. But, you know, I've put on this weight during COVID. I haven't been able to lose it. Then I went on the hormone Now I'm on the progesterone that has made it like nearly impossible. I'm getting the surgery. I've had a period for literally no lie, two months straight. I believe that having keep having to move my my um, surgery. And it's just been like, I'm 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 doing well because I talk about things and I'm in therapy and all the things that I do. But I'm sad. I'm I'm part of me is sad. Part of me is pissed off. Because I'm like, I'm not sitting here at home eating like donuts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on my sofa, and and I work out set six to seven days a week, but I feel embarrassed like going in public because pe- women are so hard on each other, and I'm like, do they all think I look like I've gained weight? Oh no, we you know, and so we're so women are so stupid, but there's good ones, but you know, there's a lot of like nasty ones too, mm-hmm. and um. And I just feel kind of like, how, like, how do I end this? Yeah. You know, like, how do how does this? So I love that I'm having you on because now I know I'm going to work with you and I'm going to find like step-by-step ways because I'm going down fighting. Like I said, Yes, like,
2: ma'am.
0: I, ma'am. I'm going down fighting. I'm not going to throw in the towel and just be like, oh, I have brain fog. I'm going to grow a beard like I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Aaron.
2: I love it. I love it. Well, first of all, I'm here when you're ready. I got you. I'm re- I'm um, ready after my
0: surgery on Friday and I'm not even lying. Like I'm your client now. You so let me you know. I'll be
2: here. It. And just okay. remember like you, there's just so much power in everything that you said. I feel like we could talk for four hours and still not be done, but weight loss is a hormonally driven issue. Stress is a hormonally driven issue. We already know periods are a hormonally driven issue. Sleep is a hormonally driven issue. And guess what? Digestion is a hormonally driven issue. That's what hormones do. They send messages to our body and tell it what to do. And when the messages get scrambled or they're not being sent or received properly, then you have issues. It's not just period and fertility and menopause issues. It's not just female hormones. All the hormones in the body work together. And so... Uh, what you're experiencing, so many other women experience, but it's confusing because we assume that, well, my periods are fine. Therefore it can't be hormones. It must be something else. And it goes missed. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm on a mission to help us understand how hormones underlie almost everything that happens in our body. Um, And if you understand the basic principles of like how your endocrine system works, it can be liberating to help you figure out like what to do to feel more balanced.
0: Well, if what is your social media? Because I want I I want everybody to follow you. Um, you, I'm not kidding. I think you're amazing. Um, One other thing I wanted to touch on that you brought up in the beginning. Yeah. Was um, how you like get angry and have mood swings. Yes. Um, Yes. And like your poor husband, like all of us. Right. Like we're all like it's almost like being on a have, being having PMS like 24 hours yes, a
2: day. It is
0: right. You're like, I don't come behind me. I'm putting away the dishes, whatever it is. Yes. I'm so quick to get angry. And I'm like, no wonder so many people get divorced in their 40s. Yes,
2: <laughs> really. And right? libido, your libido tanks. Um yes. as well because your hormones drive that. Like you need a certain level yes. of um testosterone for you to even feel interested in sex, which also can affect the relationship, especially when you don't know why. And then the mood swings that can be connected to uh estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. But what I did was first it was just like several months of just not knowing what was going on and just like lots of rah, 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 right and eventually you mm-hmm. just stayed out of my way. Um and but then as I started like learning about this thing. I would actually bring him into my learning and it helped a lot. So I read books after books and article after article. And like at bedtime, I'd be sitting there reading. I'd say, babe, you should read this with me. Or I would read it out loud to him and he would listen and he would try to understand it. And sometimes I'd have to repeat it multiple times, but eventually he got it. He was genuinely interested um, because he wanted to figure this out too, because it was like bizarre to him also. And so I, I always recommend to women like, Pull your mates, your partner into what's going on with you so they too can understand and learn as you are because you need them to help you, right? You need them to understand. And then there are certain things I need him to do differently um, to help me help myself.
0: Okay. And then once you're... So like, let's touch on menopause really quickly. So neither of us are obviously in menopause, but when you get to the point where you're like getting this sweats and all of that stuff. What exact, I'm being honest. I don't know what it is. What exactly is menopause? So you're, we discussed the peri, and then what is menopause menopause? The definition is your period's gone. Correct. Am I
2: wrong? So menopause technically is a time that marks the end of your menstrual cycles, right? So technically you are in menopause menopausal when you have gone 12 consecutive months without a period. Um, so that's really the technical definition. Um, when yeah, I usually see people starting to tip over from perimenopause and menopause is really when they start missing the periods, um, like more consistently. So they may miss one, then have to miss two, um, then have one. And I've seen, seen people not have ones for six months and think I've got to be in menopause now, then they lose a few pounds and it reappears. Right. So, but you've got to have technically 12 consecutive months of no period to be considered menopausal.
0: Okay. It's so interesting too, because I know my mom, like everybody's different. So the, the genetic factor, this is my other question is my mom didn't go into menopause until she was in her like mid to late fifties. I'm not even thankful. I'm not close to that. What, um, but then my sisters, I, one of, I think one of them similar because she's in her, they're both in their fifties. What like how, like could could it be connected to your mom? If your mom goes through it
2: at some point, will you go through it at that same point? Or it can be. Is everybody um, different? It's something that a lot of gynecologists will ask you, like my mom went through menopause at 42. So I'm 42. Right. So I'm watching okay. closely to see early. Correct. Yeah. Right. However, yeah. I'm already six months in and I haven't uh, started missing periods yet. And so the chances that I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to make it to 43 with the having to have 12 consecutive months. So I, you know, but it might've been that way had I not done the work that I've done on myself the last several years. That's um, so
0: young to go it through is. menopause. It
2: really is. Um, my sister is five years older than me. And, uh, she, uh, just had a hysterectomy, um, because of some other issues, but she was not completed with menopause yet, but she was kind of teeter tottering. So, you know, and our our mom is the same mom, 42, right? Mm. So it's not an absolute is what I'm saying. Like you, you might ask my gynecologist will say, Oh, that doesn't matter. You're an individual, you're your own person. And then you will ask someone else. And I say, yep, it is. It is definitely a guide. I always tell people it's good to know because at least, you know, around that age, something might start happening, but it's not a guarantee that that's going to be the exact age that it happens for you. Your own, your genetics are one of many things that affect your hormonal trajectory. Um, your environmental factors affect that. So exposure to toxins and chemicals and like your lifestyle, stress and nutrition, those all also contribute to that. Genetics is only one piece.
0: It's all, I mean, I could go down, I could talk to you for literally, I could do a really, 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 (laughs) but I was going to say too, um, like it's when I found out that I'm having this surgery and I'm sorry if I'm talking so much about myself, but I really want people, I'm trying to be transparent because I'm like, you know what? I'm putting it all out there. Like, yeah, this is happening. And hopefully if somebody else is listening to this and they are going through the same thing, maybe this will help a little bit. I was so excited when my my Dr. Suriel was like, we're going to do an ablation. So an ablation, I'm having my fibroid removed. And then ablation is when they like, I don't even want to know what they do, but they, my period will hopefully stop. Yep. And I remember I, um, when I found that out, I like went home and I was like, oh my God, like I'm not going to have a period anymore. And I was kind of sad. And now I've now had like a two and a half month long period.
2: <laughs> Girl, you like, got enough periods to last you. <laughs> I know. I'm
0: like, go go away. Like, I don't care that this is the end of an era for me. And it's not, I'm doing this by choice. Like I'm having this procedures because I don't want it anymore. Um, and it does have to do with my fibroid, but I just, um, I had to tell you that because I, part of it, I thought was kind of funny that like, i kind of feel like Jesus was playing a little joke <laughs> on me and he's like, so you're
2: sad, huh? Well, I'm going to give you
0: a two and a half month long
2: period. <laughs> I don't have long periods, but I'm just sick of periods in general. So I am ready uh, for mine to stop. Um, but I, there are a lot of women who grieve the end of their menstrual cycles and what that means. Um, you are not alone. It is very common. And it's because it's so tied to our identity, like what we talked about before, right? Um, and many, our culture really kind of leads us to believe that when you are no longer like able to have children, your life is over, um, which is so far from the truth. We have got to change that narrative.
0: Well, it's also a bunch of BS because it's like we're living longer and lo- well, hopefully we are. Who knows? But we're we're we are living longer. We are staying like, um, you know, more youthful looking. We all work really hard to, on our appearance and to stay youthful looking. Uh, if I if we're like in our uh in our 40s and going into 50s or whatever we are, we still have some time left on this earth. So like I'm not going to you know, like we talked yes. about earlier, like I want to enjoy those years. I want to be playing shuffleboard and like still looking cute. Um, yes, girl. you know, yes, yeah. I mean, I've never played shuffleboard, Aaron. I'm kidding. Like, it doesn't I don't have to be shuffleboard. It... it can be. Cards. What do you play <laughs> when you get old? You play cards, yeah. So you know, I want to still ha- be kicking it just like you. Yeah. So, um, in closing, I wanted to say. I'm so excited to meet you. You're like drop dead gorgeous. Um, You're also so, so smart. And I really am going to start working with you. So when we get off of this, I want to set up an appointment and I want you to, again, share your social media with my with my listeners.
2: Thank you so much. You can follow me on Instagram at bodylove.well or on Facebook at bodylovewell. And my website is bodylovewellness.net.
0: Okay. And are you, you are taking new patients?
2: I am taking new clients. Uh, I am working with clients primarily virtually. So anywhere in the continental U S if you need help, I can support you. Um, I offer intensive one-on-one health coaching programs. Um, and I just launched a group coaching program for women who want to go through their journey with their girls.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. That's awesome. And you, you're you based out of Atlanta. So if you live in Atlanta, do you take in person?
2: I do. Yep. I'm about 45 minutes outside of the Atlanta area in a small town called Ackworth. But yes, um, my local clients, I do ask that they try to come see me at least one time. Uh, I incorporate Meridian Stress Assessment in my work with them, which I can do virtually, but I always love to try to do it once in person if I can. Um, and I like to just meet people in person. So it is an option, but it's not required.
0: I love Georgia. Maybe I'll come visit you. Come on, girl. I, my, a lot, a lot of my family is in South Carolina and I've always loved Georgia, especially Atlanta's fun. Yeah. South
2: Carolina, right up the road. Come on. Hot, down. hot
0: Lana. Right. Yes. Right. Um, anyways, in closing, Aaron, you're awesome. I'm so happy to have met you and I'm looking forward to working with you and, um, and who knows, maybe we'll have a follow-up episode Um, I'm hoping all my listeners reach out and um, ask you questions. If you want to come to me, Judging Megan um, is my Instagram. My website's judgingmegan.com. And I just wanted to say to all of you that have been listening for over a year or your new listeners, thank you so much for your reviews on Apple. Um, It helps people find me. Um and I just love doing this. It's it's the ha- like you uh, having people like Aaron come on and talking about topics that I selfishly want to know about for myself and then helping other people is my is what I love to do. It's my passion. So remember, be happy by making other people happy and thank you so much. Hi everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store.